Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Um, many of us know that by heart. That's the, the context of what he's talking about. He says, look, we don't regard people according to the flesh. He says, therefore... If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away, behold, all things have become new. And everybody here, when you get born again, like that's a great encouragement. In today's message, Pastor Bill will share with you that when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you won't be the same anymore. To be clear, Jesus doesn't strip you of your personality or physical appearance. However, the Bible says that when you enter into a relationship with Jesus, you are made into a new creation. That new creation is one who is washed free of their sins, made righteous in God's eyes, and made whole by the blood of the Lamb. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. That was John, the beloved, you know, just a tender God. That's who Jesus said when he died, I'm, I want, I want, John, I want you to take care of my mom. I always remember that. He didn't give her to Peter, old rough, rugged Peter, you know. So she don't need a bodyguard. She needs somebody to care for her. So she left him with John. Then you got the sons of thunder, James and John, you know. Somebody that they saw people preaching that weren't with them. They wanted to call down thunder from heaven. And Jesus like, guys, stop. That's not how we get down. That's not what we do. These are just different people. And God put them all together and said, I want you guys to work together to do something great for me. And so when you get the body of Christ, we get the same thing. We get all kind of different people, different temperaments, different personalities. And when Paul says, look, therefore, we don't regard anyone according to the flesh. It is not my job to look at other people around me and, and dissect their flaws and weaknesses not to regard them according to the flesh. Um, If I can help, if I can pray, if I can build up, if I can strengthen, if I can encourage, I do that. But but we're not picking each other apart. Paul says we don't regard one another according to the flesh. Then verse 17, um, it says, "Therefore, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. Um, and many of us know that by heart, that's the, the context of what he's talking about. He says, look, we don't regard people according to the flesh. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And everybody here, when you get born again, like that's a great encouragement. Old things, everything's passed away. All things have become new. You are brand new in God. Now, when other people come in and get saved, we got to give them that freedom to be brand new. I'm not going to regard you according to what you used to be. I'm not going to bring up what you used to do. Um, I'm going to I'm going to treat you like a brand new creation and, 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 and let you develop as a, as a new creation in Christ Jesus, not regarding you according to your past. Anybody here like to have your past thrown in your face? Not not unless your past, not unless you were a great something in your past. Boy, back in the day, you used to be, you know, this. But in, in general, if it's, if it's negative stuff, nobody want to hear about that. I want to hear about. You know, my, my failures, my, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about that. Put that away, you know. Um, but sometimes in Christian circles, we do that to each other. Somebody messed up and, you know, be two years later and believers are still talking about when they messed up. We shouldn't do that to one another. Uh, we shouldn't regard people according to the flesh. We definitely shouldn't celebrate it. Um, it shouldn't sound like good, juicy news to us. When we find out a, a negative thing about another brother or sister. Um, Paul says, look. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. 
Old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. And if we can have that mindset for us, and even as God brings new people in and they get saved, they get born again, that you get fresh slates. Let's 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 start building a brand new life in Christ from where you are right now and let God do a brand new thing. Many times you get a person saved and several years down the line, they don't look like what they used to be. You know, if they didn't share their testimony, you wouldn't even know where they came from. Sometimes Uh, there are people I know that when I heard their testimonies, I was like, I could have never I would have never in a million years guessed that you were that. But it's amazing what God has done. There's a woman that I know from my old church and uh, she worked in the church office, worked in the bookstore, worked in accounting, worked in the studio, you know, the, the tape ministry or the CD ministry for the for the pastor. And then one day I heard her share a testimony and found out that at one point she was on drugs. She was a prostitute. She had been in, in and out of prison. And I'm looking at her like I would in a million years. I would have never guessed that. But I look at what God has done. It's, it's God has so transformed her life. That she's not to be, she should not be regarded as what she used to be. It would be a, that would be a, a, a horrible thing to throw that at her. We used to be such and such. No, you're a new creation. Look what God is doing in her life. And it's amazing. That glorifies God. That he, he has so transformed her that she didn't even look like anything, anything like what she used to be. And that should be an exciting thing for us to see people's lives so transformed that I wouldn't even be able to, I wouldn't even know that that's what you were, you know. You'd have to tell me that that's what you used to do. So verse 18, it says, now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. So here's something important. Paul says, look, all things are of God. And this is what God has done, who has reconciled us to himself. And then he says this and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. So I titled today's message Reconciled to Reconcile for this reason. God said, look, if you've been reconciled to God, then God said, I've given you the ministry of reconciliation. So it's not really something that if if you're here, you're like, I've been praying about a ministry to do. I've been looking for what's my calling? What's God want me to do? You got one for free today. Something everybody that's been saved is called to do is if you've been reconciled to God, I mean, you've been brought into relationship. It is your job. It is your ministry that you be a part of reconciling other people, helping other people come to know God. And I want you to understand what a special ministry this is. God's like, it's not just for pastors or preachers or, you know, people in, in, with platforms. This is for every believer. Every Christian, every believer has this ministry that you're to be a part of seeking to see people reconcile to God. How do we do that? We do it through sharing the gospel, sharing with people. Um, is it is everybody going to respond favorably? No. But you got to be a part, you're a part of that ministry. I want to see these people be reconciled to you. Something that that ministers to me when I consider this. God says when when just one sinner repents, what does heaven do? They rejoice. All of heaven rejoices. The angels are praising God. They're probably up there dancing and singing and playing instruments like it's like a party in heaven every time. Just one sinner, like just one that that jumps off in heaven. So God says like there isn't there isn't like it isn't like to God like I need you know. When, when 5,000 people get saved, when, when 5,000 then will rejoice. He said, every single one is a win for me. I, they've been reconciled to me. And this is, I probably always share this story when I share this verse because it, it impacted my life. But um, my, my son, you guys know my son, Billy has autism. Um, when he was younger, um, he was a runner and, and he was fast. You know, so when he was a little kid, you know, he if he can get the door open, he'd be gone. You know, a little little flash. He'd be taken off of whatever. And so once at our old church, we put him in children's ministry 
Me and my wife went to the midweek service and we came out, went to the room to go pick him up. And we look in there and he's not there. And I'm looking for my little my little chocolate boy and he ain't in there. I don't see anybody look like him. So we asked, hey, uh, what was maybe he moved or what happened? And they, they didn't even know. And we know him. We're like somebody probably came to open the door and he split and they didn't even see it. So me and Mika just went like she went this way. I went that way. And if I could tell you with that, like in my heart at that, that's just it's a terrible, terrible. It's you you dream up the worst thing in those in those moments. You dream up all kind of horrific things at the time. He really couldn't talk. So he wouldn't have been able to explain, you know, who is, you know, who he was or where he lived and those things. I was terrified. And we're going different ways. And this lady, Carol, found him running up and back on, you know, one of the sidewalks at church, not on the street, but, you know, in, within the church facility or whatever. And I remember just getting him back. It was like just a, uh, it was a relief. You know, we, we, we got him back. And, you know, then the people felt terrible and they're so sorry. And it was like, I don't even want to stay. And, you know, I, I, we don't even want to talk. We just, just we got him back. We're going home. Y'all really don't want us to talk right now anyway. So we took him home. And, and But I remember what it felt like to have him back. All the fears are dispelled. You know, we got him. He's back with us. We're going home. Happened again. We visited Calvary Chapel South Bay. And I remember, like, I was real reluctant, like, do I leave him? And I'm, so I told the worker, I said, hey, I know, you know, he has autism and he, you know, he's run. But, oh, no, we, we've had other kids. We, we got it. We'll take care of it. Yeah, sure. I said, okay. So we left him. And it was like deja vu. We, we, we came afterwards and we went to the room and, like, where is he at? He's not there again. It's happening. And we asked him and they're like, no, he's in, he's in here. And I'm like, no, he's not. He's not here. So we did the same. We split up, went both ways. And. Somebody in security found them in the parking lot, running up and back, you know, and uh, same thing there. They feel terrible and they're, you know, sorry. And they want to pray. I'm like, we just we just want to go home. We, we got them back. But in both of those instances, you know, I realized as a father, right, I don't want my son lost. He's he's in jeopardy, separated from us. He's at a loss. He's in jeopardy. All kind of horrific things can happen to him. He needs to be with us. And so to get him back with us was like, oh, it was a relief. It was, it was a celebratory thing. We got him back. So when, when you get to be a part of the ministry of reconciliation, let's say you got a friend and you guys are working at the job and you're sharing with them about the Lord and you're, you really want to help them come to know the Lord. When, when they come, when they finally say, yes, I do need the Lord and they receive the Lord, that same thing, you've done that to the Heavenly Father. He, they're in danger without him. They're in jeopardy every day without him. His heart is for them. He wants to save them. And, and you get to be a part of, you get to be the one to escort them to him. Like, what, 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 like how cool of a ministry is that? And God says that ministry is to everyone. Everybody has been given the ministry. Of, everybody that's reconciled is called to be a part of the ministry of reconciliation. You don't get to choose to. You're it. That's it. That's your, that's your ministry. So if you didn't know what your ministry was, um, you might have other ministries, but you have that. That you'd be a part of sharing the gospel and witnessing the people and helping see them be reconciled. He says, that's, that's, that's our ministry. And so, um, that was verse, I'm sorry, verse, that was verse 18. Um, let me read 18 and 19. So all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. He explains it. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. So he hasn't imputed. This is this is the goal. When someone gets reconciled to God, their trespasses, their sins is not imputed. Imputed is a it's a banking term. It means to put into your account. 
When I wasn't born again, all my sins were in my account. And so one day I was going to give an account for those things. God says, now you're not imputing, you're, you're no longer, your, your sins are no longer in your account. They've been taken out of your account. They were stuck up on the cross. He paid it in full. He took his perfect, righteous, holy, you know, credit status and stuck that in my account, in, in my place. I'm good. I'm in great standing, better than I've ever been. Christ's righteousness has been applied to my life and your life. And so God says, that's what, that's what transpires when, when somebody that, whatever, I mean, it, it happens in a moment, right? Someone can be, whatever you name, whatever sin, and in a moment they can surrender, I believe. I'll be forgiven. Now they look the same. They may have the same clothes on. They may go back to the same home, jump in the same car. But in the spiritual realm, God said their sins just got paid for. Their, their status before God is they're perfect, they're righteous, they're holy, they're saved, they're a new creation. Old things are passed away. They were separated. They are now reconciled to God. Somebody without the Lord, someone not born again, their condition before God is they're separated. The moment they believe and receive, they've been reconciled. They've been brought into relationship with the living God. It happens in a moment. And God says that we, we're to be a part of that. You know, so as we do this, this mission that we're going to do um, and it's, it's we'll have a, we'll have more information coming up in the next week, couple of weeks. Um, but that's really the heart. You know, I've done missions in other places. I've gone to Russia. I've gone to Japan. I've gone to Ensenada. And every time that the Lord would provide those opportunities, um, there was always a, a reservation in my heart that says, like, I want the experience and the opportunity. Right. But I would always be like, I would want to do this. Right. Why can't I do this right here at home? There's like there's there are lost people everywhere. Right. There's nowhere you can go where they're not lost people. I can't go anywhere. There's because there's so many more lost people than saved people. There's nowhere you can go where there's not people that need to know the Lord. And rather I go down the street next door, around the block, you know, or, or across the world. It's the same issue, the same need. And so part of what we want to do is we want to we want to hit our community. We want to hit our area. And in different ways, we're going to reach out and. We're going to all have an opportunity to serve together, to minister to practical needs, to pray for hurting people, but also to communicate the gospel. And, and we'll pray as we come into that, that God will do some miraculous things, that God will see that, that we will see some people that before we did this, that didn't know him, that end up coming to know him as a result. Um, but this is a ministry God's given to all of us, the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 20. Now, then, he says, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Here, when God says you, we are ambassadors, um, I, I want you to know that it doesn't say that we should be ambassadors, that we could be, that if we try really hard, you can be. God says you are an ambassador. So the question isn't rather or not you're an ambassador for Christ, you're a believer. The question is, are you a good ambassador or a bad one? What's an ambassador? An ambassador represents. So the the, the ambassador for the United States of America will go to another country, China, and they'll represent the positions of the U.S. They represent us in their speech and their dress and their positions that they take. They don't represent themselves. They represent the U.S. They go as representation. God says you guys are ambassadors, representatives of Christ. So where I go, I'm, I'm the represent Christ's heart, Christ's values, Christ's position on things. I represent him, not mine, his position. Someone says, hey, Bill, what do you think about this particular thing? I think what Christ thinks about that. I think what the Bible says about that. I represent Christ on, on that. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an ambassador for him. I'm a representation of him. Now, here's the deal. If I go somewhere as a representative of the U.S. and they hate the U.S., how are they going to feel about me as a representation of the U.S.? They're going to hate me. 
How would you feel about, what would you think about if I were a representation for the U.S. and I went somewhere that was hostile to the U.S. so I didn't properly represent us because I, would, I wanted them to like me. So I changed our, I, I didn't represent the true views of the U.S., but I adjusted them that these people would be accepting of it. What would you say about me? You're a bad ambassador. They'll take away my badge and whatever other perks and privileges come with that. You misrepresented us over there. You know, I might go to jail, right? We need to be careful as Christians, as those that are representatives of Christ, that we don't do that. Christ has stated clearly his stance on certain things. So I don't get to say, well, you know what? It wouldn't really be a popular opinion if I said this. So I'm going to adjust it a little bit so that they will like me, even though it's not really Christ's position. That makes me a bad ambassador, a misrepresentation of the Lord. So I want to be a good representation. So I, in order to be a good ambassador, I got to be familiar. Right. I got to spend time with him. Um, a lot of times if, if I can't be somewhere, uh, my my wife and I spend so much time together. We discuss everything. If I can't be somewhere, I'm usually content if my wife can be there. Because I know that she knows my heart. Like my wife, if I'm not there, she's there. It's kind of like I'm there because she's there. You know, that's how I feel. So I'm comfortable leaving things with her or, or, or leaving her being absent, her being somewhere, whatever, because she, she can represent my heart on issues, on things or whatever. She knows. Um, if I'm going to rightly represent the Lord, like she's able to do that. And I think we do that for one another because there's, there's intimacy. Um, we know what each other want. There's enough time spent, enough discussion, enough back and forth over things where we know how each other feel about certain things. If I'm going to be a good ambassador, a good representative for Jesus, it's got to come through time, intimate time spent with him. It's going to be through time in the word that God's revealing his heart and what he says and what he wants. And it's going to be through times of prayer and just being close to the Lord that God's showing me and revealing to me what, 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 what his heart is on certain things that I might properly represent him as I go out. And it's really important. It's... Um, I don't know that there's a bigger deal. You know, I, as a kid, um, my mom would get mad if we snuck out of the house and we weren't properly attired because she would say, you represent me. You know, you make she, in her mind. I made her look bad. You know, I mean, I go to school and I got crust in my eyes because as a little boy, you don't care about that stuff. You just like I'm trying to get to school early so I can play it before. You know, I want to play in the morning. You know, that's what I was a kid. My mom would come in. You didn't even iron those pants. I ironed one leg. It's like, I did them. You know, I got a crease here and a wrinkle here. And she would be so mad. And she's like, you, you, you make me look bad. You know, I wear a funky shirt. And you know, that's when I was younger, you know. But uh, that stuff would just make her sick because in her mind, you, you represent me when you go out. And I, I didn't think I ever got it. You know, I, I didn't sharpen up until I was till I till I found girls and I was trying to represent myself better. You know, but um, as believers, we got to be mindful of that, that we represent him. I want to make God look bad, right? I want, to, I want to be a good representation. So that means I got to spend time. That means that I got to consider what's coming out of my mouth. Is, is, is what I say a right representation? Is this really God's heart on a certain thing? And the heart of it is God's, I want to reconcile people. There are lost people everywhere. I can't be bending to, 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 to become like those that I'm trying to lead to the Lord. Anybody that's out there evangelizing, I'm going to just tell you up front. It's a you're going to have people that don't like stuff that you say. I have people that they, they, they know what I am. So they already know what my position is. So what do you think about this? I think what the Bible says. I mean, you know, that's what you want me to think. That's what I think. You know, I think that's wrong. The Bible says that's wrong. You know, but what if, you know, it, it, we have so many hot topics in our culture right now. It could be 
you know, we live in a sexually jacked up culture. So rather it's couples that are not married and we think of this couple. That's kind of the old thought, you know, now, you know, the couple, they're not married yet, but they got to you got to try it out first. Right. I'm like, no, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, no, the Bible says you wait. It'll be fine. I promise. <laughs> the Bible says wait. The Bible says you don't try it out. The Bible says you wait until you get married. That's what the Bible says. We live in a culture where you can hear that so much, the wrong stuff that even Christians are like, that's, that's, I don't think it's that big. You know, like everybody does anyway, you know, so, but y'all know that's not God's heart. Not God's heart. Not right. You know, can him and him be together? It's okay now, right? No, that's not right. That's not God's heart. That's not what God wants. That's not going to leave you in a good place with the Lord. You don't want to be like that. You don't want to die in that condition. Now, is that popular for everybody? No. Some people are like, that's so mean. That's so this, that, but it's the truth. We owe people the truth. We got to give them, I got to tell you what the word says and walk with you through it. Everybody that comes to Christ comes with stuff that God's like, you don't have to stop that. It's different for everybody. But there's nobody that comes to Christ perfect. Everybody comes, I come to like somebody comes and God's like, that substance, is, that's going to get in our way. Somebody else comes, that relationship, that's going to be in our way. Somebody else comes, the way you make money is going to get in our way. And there's things that God's like, I, I'm going to clean you up. There, you, you, you come, come how you are. But I'm going to begin the work of transforming you from what you are to what I want you to be. So you can come however you are, but know that when you come, God's going to start doing transformation. Um, I can't I can't represent that any other way. I can't tell someone that you come just like that, stay like that and die like that. And you're good because the Bible doesn't say that. That'd be a misrepresentation of his heart. I can't tell people that. And so as an ambassador, right, I don't get to represent myself, my thoughts, or what I think would be popular, I represent him. And I want to be faithful to do that, and so do you. We want to be good representatives of him everywhere we go. Amen? Amen. And then the last thing uh, he says, for he made him, oh, I'm sorry. So the, I said Paul had three motivators for his service. The first one was in verse 11, that the terror or the fear of the Lord motivated him to persuade people. And that was in verse 11. In verse 14, it was the love of Christ that compelled or constrained him. And then here in verse 20, uh, it was the joy of representing him for the joy of being an ambassador, representing God that that motivated Paul. It should motivate our service. Last verse. I think this is a great verse for us to memorize and just have in our hearts and speak so strong of what God has done for us. It says, for he made him. God did this. He made him Jesus who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. He made him who knew no sin. Jesus never knew sin, but he became sin for me and he became sin for you. That what? That we might become, that we would become the righteousness of God in him. So my righteousness, your righteousness is not earned. It's not, I I haven't been right enough. So I don't get to be, I don't get to one up anybody. Neither do you. It was given to us. He became sin that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Everything right about the believer has been given to us from God. God did it for us. You know what that should make us? Humble, thankful, worshipful people. We've just received a wonderful gift and we get to communicate that gift to others that need to receive it. Amen? So my encouragement to us is that we would be faithful, that we'd be good ambassadors, that we would take the things that, that God has done for us and that we share them with others as those that have been reconciled, that we'd be faithful to seek out others that need to be reconciled and we love them and we share with them the truth and we, we talk things through. We represent Christ's heart to them and, and pray that we, we, you know, we see, I want to see, there are people in my life right now that I want to see them say, 
Um, so I got to be representing and sharing and letting Christ do the work. Um, and so my encouragement is that we would all do our part. We'd be good ambassadors, good representatives for the Lord. You've been listening to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. Today's message from the book of 2 Corinthians is available to listen to again on our website. Just visit calvaryinglewood.org and click on Teachings. Otherwise, you can download our mobile app to listen to more messages. Search for Calvary Chapel Inglewood in your app store. If you're looking for a place to connect this weekend, we'd love for you to join us for church. Look on our website for the latest information on service times and locations. We're a group of people who love to learn from God's Word and be together as the family of God. Again, our website is calvaryinglewood.org. As we looked into the book of 2 Corinthians, has it caused you to think about whether you honor your leaders? It's clear in this book that Paul felt disrespected as a leader, and there were some who did not make it a joy for him to serve in leading them. God calls us to honor and respect the leaders God has put in place. Supporting those that God has positioned over you to shepherd you can bring about a great sense of godly unity. In fact, think about sending an encouraging note or message to those who are in a leading or shepherding position in your life. If you've noticed that this ministry has been a blessing to you, we're glad that we can be a part of that. Would you be praying for a transforming word? As the message goes out, many listeners may be hearing about the Lord for the very first time. Pray for open ears, soft hearts, and changed lives. Thanks for your support of a transforming word.